First, let me just start off by saying, I feel like this is my first time sitting up here. <laughs> so, huh, I feel like crying. <laughs> That's because worship is so good and when the presence comes down, you know. <laughs> Forgive me. Sweet presence. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I probably do want to move these. I can't see people. Thank you. Is that okay? All right. Praise God. How is everybody? The worship is good? Yes. We are very blessed. This is an awesome ministry. Words cannot describe how we are in a place where God wants us to really walk in our inheritance and experience the things that he has for us. And for those of you who are new here, because there's some new people. Um, Kingdom Life Ministries is an awesome ministry where we help grow the Christ in you. We're not here to, um, we're not religion. We are about relationship. And you know, the one thing that we grow up thinking, I believe that a lot of us grow up thinking that we don't believe that there really is a true relationship with God. We believe that there is a God, and we believe in many other forms of God, but we don't really believe that you can actually have a tangible touching relationship with God and that he is really there for us. And I mean, the Lord promises, his word is full of promises that he wants us to know about the kingdom of God that's within us and then the kingdom of heaven that he wants to bring down. And I love that song about when heaven and earth, you know, come together because we have exalted and praised his name. We have given him the glory. And so the whole purpose of growing in the word and relationship is he wants us to be glorious sons of God, glorious daughters of God. He wants us to he wants us to claim that cup of salvation and he wants us to walk in the inheritance that our father sent his son for us to experience. So he wants us to have this experience. He wants us to have the word glorious sons of God. So that's 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 what we're to be. And it takes, man, I love the chart. We call this little people chart over here. And this is so hard because I can't walk. <laughs> but I can walk. I am walking right now. <laughs> that we have the journey of faith vision chart, which gives an awesome overview. For any of you who haven't been in this ministry, that is, as you would call in advertising, that is the, um, the catch line, the tagline, the tagline. That, that poster shows us that once we accept Christ in our heart, we have to still walk out, of, walk out of salvation. And if you notice, the light of Christ is in us. But then every time we go from glory to another stage, the light, what, grows more within us. We're starting to grow more so we can learn what it means to be a son and daughter of God, to retain, to experience an inheritance. We receive something. And then less of ourselves. We decrease, he increases. We decrease, he increases. We go through another experience, a pruning, a movement. We decrease, he increases. And the glorious sons of God. Now that poster is really complicated looking. Now, I mean, when you see that poster, how many people like really get that right when they see that? They, they get it? But how many people when they first saw it, they got it? No. You're thinking, what is that? And tonight is awesome because, and I'm so glad you're here, Kristen. 
because we are going to use the visions. You know about that, Sharice? Okay. Is, is Todd here too? You do? You got it? Okay. Oh, awesome. They look a little chubby. <laughs> you ever see those little things? I remember when Rachel was little, there were little capsules, and it would have, they would be in a little packet of nine. Nine. They would be in a packet of nine. And if you put it in the water, it would expand, and it would be an animal, right? Rachel would love those in her bath, right? That's how Christ grows in us. <laughs> you know, think about it. These un, untapped in capsules, you know, if you think it's cute. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. If you have children, you all know that, right? I see Wendy saying yes. I don't know, Sheila, if it's been a while. It's been a while. It's a cute thing that kids like. But when we, at rebirth, we actually, when we hit that second stage, we, we actually receive the kingdom of God in us. Now, that doesn't mean we know how to walk, talk, and experience it and know it, but we receive it at that time. And that's so beautiful because, man, you're, you are becoming a new creation. The old man has died, and the new man has to now be rebirthed and has to grow up into its maturity. So in obedience, what? We inherit this awesome-looking guy over here. We become that guy over there. And so in the spirit, that's what we look like. We look like a person full of just, we are, you see all the little fruit, all the little fruit around? We are called to bear fruit. We are called to grow and bear fruit. And you know, fruit comes what? In season. And fruit has to keep coming and keep coming. And as you grow, a good tree gets what? Pruned. All right. So it can do, it can grow what? More fruit. Jesus even walked up to a fig tree and saw it was not producing. So what did he do? Called it dead. And that tree died. He walked by it the next day and it was dead. You know, we are walking in a ministry of death, burial, and resurrection. We can experience the resurrection of Christ now. We, we experience it by what? Coming to death of something of ourselves. In the obedience of Christ, we bury it. And then a resurrection comes so unexpected. So you, you, you have, you cannot but not glorify his name. With everything that I've been through in the past two weeks, I cannot not, not glorify him because he's in this. And the more I glorify him, I'm learning another level of glorifying his name. You know, when your mom, Melissa, was talking, glorifying everything, her giving up the medication, she's going to give him the glory. Because as she's being obedient, she is experiencing, she's going to experience another level of resurrection in Christ because she's come to death and believing that she is not sick because the word says we are not sick. We are not to, we are not to accept that. And so now as she buried those pills and flushed them down the toilet or whatever she did with them and got rid of those pills, now our soul is going to have to go through the battle because just because we do the act doesn't mean we're not going to experience a, a cycle of something to get over it. All right. So her going through these cycles is just her being, God is going to, one day it's not, she's not going to have any of that. Now, isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing to believe that when we let go 
of what we think we believe of this world and we tap in to that little sponge, you know, once it experiences it, it just goes, you just keep growing. You don't go back. I love it how we have to do this in stages. It takes time. So the glorious sons of God, we're going to focus on this vision. And the beautiful thing about this vision is we have it animated. And so tonight I'm going to walk you through the animation of it and the teaching of it. And you can tell me how you think we did with it. Because we haven't really broke this one out. Do you know how to get that one up? Now, I, um, the glorious sons of God vision. I saw that. Oh, this is another one that we have. Okay, awesome. I kind of like this because that's very full picture. That is a very full picture. Huh? The middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so here we took away all the elements of the full complete chart. And then this is a this is a person who has the kingdom of God in them. And in the center is their little regenerated spirit. All right? As the spirit increases, it comes into the soul. And we call this garden soul man. Because this is where Jesus comes to come and dwell with us. He he's in our heart. But he has to, our soul mind has to be renewed. And so if you look over at this chart, it says regenerated spirit, full of the light. Everybody has this within them. It's a special spot where you can hear God speak to you. But then as you commune and worship God, like we did today, you're all, everybody's ears are open. Their eyes are open to receive something of this word, to receive a fullness of this word. Because we communed and we worshiped with him. Now our discernment is on. Our discernment is able to hear, see, experience the word. And so the first thing as the spirit starts coming up into the soul, because the spirit, it says, there's a verse that says, the spirit lusts after the flesh and the flesh lusts after the spirit because it's fighting over this, the soul. The soul is the producer of either what the spirit of God wants us to do or what our flesh wants us to do. So we can go back to when we were little and you saw that lollipop that you really wanted or that piece of candy or something and you wanted it, but your mom said what? No, you can't have it, okay? So what do you do when you're little and you don't understand, you throw a what? Tamper tamper, tamper tantrum. And that that's what your body goes through when you start standing on the word of God. When your spirit starts to immerse into your intellect, your will, your emotions, your affections, your body now is going to go through a temper tantrum because it's used to getting what it wants. But the only way to inherit the kingdom is to what? Walk in the obedience of the word. So as the word becomes revealed to us by the spirit, our flesh now has to become in the submission of it. So when you saw the spirit in the center and you saw it kind of rise up, it was hitting what? The soul. We have four functions of our soul, our intellect, our will and choice, our emotions, our affections. Can you put this vision up? This one. I'm going to I'm going to go off this and come back to this a little bit. All right. This is an awesome vision because 
it really kind of breaks down these four segments, these four functions of our soul, of our soul mind, that this, this produces the kingdom of God. This produces what the spirit of God is trying to reveal to you. This produces what word you're standing on because it's got to come in alignment and agreement with the word of God because the word is sharp. It's powerful. It divides the soul and the spirit. They've got to learn to work together. So click on um, intellect, please. We have to be a hearer of the word so that our faith can increase in our soul. So we hear that word, that word moves around, and now we have to work this out in our mind because it's hard for some people to believe the word of God. It's hard for us to believe until we experience it, but first we have to hear that word. And when that word enters our intellect, we have to spend time with it and then there comes a point where we have to choose it. We have to choose it. When the Lord says, when the word says, and this is a simple, draw closer to me and I will draw closer to you. When he says that, that's his word. So if you actually spend time and start drawing closer to him, he will what? Draw closer to you. But you actually have to start reasoning that thought. And then as that word you get meditated on, you may continue to the next segment. As that's the word, as that word is now communing with the spirit, the Lord's going to give an opportunity for you to make a choice of that on that word, to choose him or choose the adversary. The adversary comes in an open door. The open door is our moment of weakness. When somebody wants to take the pill, wants to take the medicine, wants it to, you are, but you know, you shouldn't do it, but then the word wins and it breaks. It just breaks out and you choose God and you don't choose what you were taught. Okay. And then the word now, okay, you're, you, you are rooted. That word is rooted. Now you have a word rooted in your soul. Now that doesn't mean now you've actually got to experience it in an action. So what the Lord does is he puts you in a rest. So you start meditating on this word, meditating on this word, meditating on this word. And then there comes a point you've got to choose it. He wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, what? Worship me. Okay? Because if I draw closer to him, you draw closer to me. It's not just our words. Now it has to be moved into an action. So that word becomes rooted. Now I chose that word. I am going to draw closer to you. How do I do that? Read in my word, worship, prayer. I'm going to start doing these things that the word tells me I should do. But then as you choose it, now you've got to back it up. You're going to have to back it up. There is going to be an experience where the enemy is going to come in to tempt you not to worship, to tempt you not to pray, to tempt you not to read in the word. And the tempter comes, entertainment. The tempter comes like an awesome person who says, oh, you don't have to do this now. And he keeps, it keeps pushing you around trying to get you not to stand on the word of God because this is where the word becomes, this is where the word becomes grounded. I love it. Your mom, when she told, she's not here. She already left, right? Is she there? Oh, she's there. When you told your testimony, this is where you're at. You are at the moment where fear wants to grip you and pull you away. How do you know that you're being developed and matured in a son and daughter of God? Because your soul is being renewed through this process of advancing the kingdom of God. 
So now the word settles in the emotions and it's got to be tested. God is going to, their temptations got to come so you can what? Say no to it and really stand on it. And you know, when the Lord is waking you up at three o'clock in the morning, every morning, every morning, there isn't anybody in here that doesn't start going through the process that the Lord does not start waking you up in the middle of the night. And you think I'm just up, but I know you clearly hear the words worship, worship me, worship, worship almost to you when you can't take it anymore. If you don't do it. All right. And you don't feel good the next day when you have not done it. In fact, every time we work with somebody and they're starting to come through and they're worshiping God, we always say, do it for 30 days. Then don't talk to me before then. Right. Because they'll start saying, I'm not feeling anything. Nothing's happening because God's working something out in you. He's letting that word become a part of you as you commune with him, as your spirit communes with the word and your worship. Now he is going to start to remove the fears only until Melissa's mom. I don't know your first name. Steph, I just love that testimony. The moment Stephanie came into this ministry, she started standing and learning and hearing the word of God. What? What's Kathy? I'm so, sorry. Thank you. It's just such an awesome testimony. I want to get, I really want to get up on this because the testimony is so good. It shows where you're, you are standing on what you heard. You received prophecy. You've come to glory. You've continued to work this relationship out with him. But now there's going to be a part. He's going to come and land and you, there is no fear. She's going to be a powerful woman of God because she knows she doesn't have to take medication. And you know how many people have been delivered from medication in this ministry? A lot. Because medication is man-made substance. I mean, it's, it's man-made created. There are natural ways that we can seek God you know, for our healings, but really it's standing on the word and then hearing his what? Listening for his instruction. When you commune with God, he gives you an instruction on what to do. If you want to be debt free, start meditating on that word. Listen for the instruction. But you're going to go through all this where the fears hit you. I can't tithe because I have to do this this month. I can't do this because I got to do this this month. Well, the moment you say I can't or this can't, and it goes against the word you're standing on, well, then you know that the tempter is trying to get you out of your rest, out of your time of letting that word become grounded in you. So it's beautiful. We'll continue on. As the word continues to develop and building its momentum, it's building its strength, your spirit and your soul are becoming locked in as one with this word. This is what Gene was talking about in the beginning. The word now, you love God so much that anything just bumps off you like bumper cars. That is the opposition trying to get you to actually back out right before God hands you your promise. So isn't that beautiful? So now this, this word, the opposition could not affect this word. And now when that word is ready to be released and the power is on it, it, it comes out of your mouth from the spirit and then it cannot come back to you void. And that word, that word will perform what it was called to do. Isn't that an awesome vision? It's an awesome vision to help us understand what happens in our soul after we hear the word. And even Jesus said, it was an awesome verse in uh, Train to Rain, that when he, when he spoke his word of Isaiah, when he was in the synagogue, the last thing that he said was that it is now fulfilled 
in you because it was what? Heard. Now it was heard. Fulfilled in your hearing. It was fulfilled in your hearing. So the word of God, you have to, you have to step, you have to speak the word. You have to spend time with the word. You have to confess the word. You have to come in fellowship with the word. The word is so important. I remember when it started overtaking me. I could not stop but not be in my Bible. There's a thirst that you have that you want to start learning this word. And when you start reading it carefully and say, hey, it's giving me instruction. It's giving me, it's telling me what he's going to do for me. Then he did a beautiful job with Psalms 91. When it tells you that we're in the secret place, all these awesome things that we will do. What's the secret place? Communing with him, spending time with him. You know, and communion is there's so much more to it. We've been really challenged to take communion every day, you know, and I, I haven't been perfect in taking communion every day with my life for the past two weeks, but I will tell you something. I've been spending a lot of time studying and meditating on it. And the one thing that the Lord definitely showed me when we really do something with him and you spend time with him and you commune with him, with his word, with your love and your time, your substance, your fiber really starts becoming the word. And that's why when you say it, it has to perform what it was set out to do. Do you see what I'm saying? The power of the kingdom within us. That's why that song about getting the, if we praise lifts our spirit so it can meet heaven so that the column can fall and all this just starts working like, like a well-oiled machine. Do you know what I mean? But we have to what? We have to become less of ourselves so he can become greater. So that spirit has more power. So when the word goes out, it's it's got to perform. And so that's what we're experiencing in this ministry. If we get enough of us to get this build up, wow, watch all the miracles that will happen. Because people will be hearing God. You'll be so clear that you know you know what he's telling you to say. What you're to confess out. It just comes out. So praise God. Glorious sons of God. I wanted to go over this soul chart a little bit. Because I wanted you, this is what the soul looks like without being full of the word it's it's blank the goal is it for it to become rivers to flow out can you put john 7:38 up john 7:38 and we'll come back to that and this is our first time intertwining this so this is good practice does everybody understand everything i said about the soul everybody got the grip of that I'm looking, yeah? Okay. All right, John 7.38 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So if you look on that chart, and it says, I can't see it that far away, but it says a path of water is the path of least resistance. Crucify the flesh and the rivers will flow decrease of our flesh so our spirit increases and rivers will flow but it says as scripture has said so it's already been written this has already been written for us to walk this out there isn't anybody born after jesus's death that is not supposed to look like that to become a glorious son and daughter of god it's already in you to start working it out it really is like the little it is like the little capsule thing you take that capsule and you put it in water. It comes up. I know, Zinni had kids at the same time. I mean, 
you and and it becomes something you don't even know because you don't know what's in the capsule. It's like what animal will it be? You know what I mean? It's the same thing as we mature and flourish in this walk. This is what he wants for us. I love it. And that's a relationship. You know, in a relationship, you have to learn something about somebody every time, right? I I don't know. I know Rachel well, but I'm still growing to know more about Rachel because the more she gets older and the more I get more mature, we learn more things about each other. So relationship takes time. It takes that time with him. So next one, Genesis 2.10. Genesis 2.10. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four river heads. So I love this. A river watering the garden. Our spirit waters our soul. Our soul is the New Testament garden. Our spirit waters our soul. When we commune with God, we start getting in touch with it. And then it says it will depart into four river heads. Our intellect, that means it's got to flow through our intellect. It has to flow through our will and choice. It has to flow through our emotions. It has to flow through our affections and love. Does that make sense to everybody? So as the spirit increases and that river comes up, just like start that one from the beginning. It's a, well, the beginning, yeah. This is going to be interesting, yeah. Okay, so now the one river flows up and it's coming to hit our intellect is the yellow. Then, And our intellect gets stimulated by that word. And then our will and choice is stimulated by that river. And we've got to choose that word. It's being watered, rooted. Then our emotions get stimulated by that word. And it's got to go through its experiences. And then our affections, our loves come into alignment with it, with the word. And then the word can be produced with power. Isn't that beautiful? So now it breaks out into four riverheads. So go ahead and let it flow. This is what we start to look like. We start becoming this productive, awesome, full. And if you notice, the light is growing more in that man till the light overtakes his whole body. So what are the four riverheads? What is that all about, right? One spirit breaking out into four elements. Well, the first one is intellect, and it's called Fison. It's, It's the river. It's a prosperity river. The word says the more we get this word, our soul is only satisfied by the word of God. So we will prosper more in health, more experiences. We will we will be prosperous the more our word soothes our soul. So the more word we get in there and we start really reasoning with God on that word, then we start prospering. So it's the river of the it's called the river of prosperity. It says in Genesis 2.11, the name of the first river is Phison. It is the one which skirts the whole land where there is gold. Wow, the word is gold. The word is greater than any wealth that you could ever have because that that is, I think there's a verse that says it's greater than, it's greater than silver and gold. So that's the first river. Proverbs 19.2 says, you're doing good. You're doing good, Cherise. It says, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? 
So, you know, it says we perish for lack of knowledge. We have to have the knowledge of the word. So you have to what? Open that. You have to open the word. You have to come into fellowship. You have to what? Hear the word. Go ahead to the next verse. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? A day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long, Sharice, do I have to wrestle with my thoughts? How long will my enemy trumpet triumphant over me? No, that's the first thing we do when we come into this ministry. Our mind wrestles with the word. It's working each other out. I'm smiling because it's amazing how many people have grown in this ministry when they go through. How many people have wrestled with the word? Yes, you wrestle with it. This is when I want to jump (laughs) because it's so awesome to be in a place where we're all like we really wrestle with the word. We really wrestle with its understanding, wrestle with its reasoning. But once we get that, it's awesome. The little seed moves into will and choice after we after we recognize, okay, I'm surrendering to this word. Next verse. Not awesome. See if there is any offense, offensive way in me and lead me in the way that is everlasting. The word is going to lead you into the way that's everlasting, but it is also going to pierce the understanding of your soul and your soul and spirit. And you're going to know if you have an offense in you. How do we know we have an offense in us? We feel that burn. How many people have felt burn inside? That burn rises up and you are not in agreement with, with what you just heard. And you've got to now, you start wrestling with that word that you just heard and you start thinking about it. Think, I love it. Cherise, she's a thinker, but she's an overcomer. I love it. She, she is awesome. This, this girl is going to truly help people with how this all works because the moment she hears a word, She'll go, hmm, and she'll have her little list of questions, and she just doesn't wrestle it in her head. She's wrestling it on the outside because we all do that. We all wrestle with our understanding of this process of the kingdom being advanced within us so that the kingdom of heaven can come down. They want to meet. They want to touch. Next verse. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. We become less. When we hear that word and we remember it, it comes back to our remembrance and we spend time with it. My soul is downcast within me. We become submissive to that word. So our soul has to decrease in some of its understanding so that the word can increase and it can produce its outcome. Next verse. Proverbs 2.20 says, Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. So once you get into that, your intellect stops reasoning with that word and you transfer into the will of that word. That's what he says that's going to happen. You will walk in the ways of the good and you will keep the paths of the righteous. Awesome. Next verse. Is that the last one? One more. Proverbs 3, 21, 22 says, My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and, dis- and discretion. <laughs> they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. See, isn't this awesome? If we, and he, what did he call you? He says what? My son. Isn't that awesome? I want to hear everybody say, I'm a son and daughter of God. Daughter of God. I didn't hear you, Edwin. 
I didn't hear you. I'm a son of God. Right. I mean it. Right. Because do not let the wisdom and the understanding out of your sight. That means stay, keep those words in front of you. Keep them in your sight. This is the best testimony. Rachel was dating a boy and the boy broke up with her. Boo-hoo, right? And she cried. And then he comes back a couple of days. Well, I still want to hang out with you. So I kind of want to date you, but I don't want to date you because she didn't want to go to a certain level with him. So she stopped it off, but he said, I still want to hang out with you, kind of go out with you, but not be boyfriend, girlfriend. Well, of course, Rachel devastated. Jean comes to the office, takes her to lunch, and then all these verses came out. Rachel wrote the verses down. I had Francis type them all out. I call them love letters from the Father. I have a file of them. And all my experiences being in with this ministry in the office next door, when somebody comes in, and you are somebody who you are in front a mature in it with a matured son of God. Word is going to come out that you may not know. And Rachel wrote those words down. I had them typed out for her. And you know what she did? She kept them in her right hand pocket for weeks. And any time she felt the what intellectual what struggle, she pulled them out and she kept the wisdom and understanding. She kept it within her sight. And the first words were, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Anything other than that is of the evil one. You know what good advice that is? When you are in confusion and you can't make your yes, yes, or your no, no, well, then who are you, who are you dining with? The evil one. So the beautiful thing is she kept that word within her sight. She kept the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God in front of her, preserving sound judgment in her mind and it gave her good discretion. It brought life to her. What life did it bring? Not the enemy condemning her thinking, I really like this guy. It made her make a choice of the word and to do what was right. That guy didn't really want to hang out with her. And the moment she kept that, remember Rachel? You're like that verse, make your yes, yes, make your no, no. And he was wanting her to go in between. She finally just said, no, I'm not doing this. This is no, I'm making my no, no. And boy, when she came, I still have these scriptures, but that was life. That gave life when Rachel chose it. And she allowed those words to be rooted. And then as her emotions worked with it, her no became what? No. And you know what? When it came out out of love and truth of the Lord, guess what? She didn't feel bad. She experienced life, another level of peace, another level of joy. And I like it. An ornament to grace your neck. She is grace. She is beautiful grace. And that's what he wants from, isn't that beautiful? Isn't this romantic? When he, the word is a love letter to us. This word is a love letter to us because he wants each and every one of us to walk with that grace adorned on us as we experience it. And it's, it's so beautiful. So, that is the prosperity river. As we continue and the word grows, our will and choice, which is the river of the Gihon, and it's the source of supply. Hmm, the source of supply. What does that mean? And that's going to bear fruit. So our intellect is, you know, grows to bear fruit. So does our will and choice. Psalms 27, 12. It says, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, my enemies, or false witnesses. 
rise up against me, spouting malicious, malicious, my reading is terrible too, tonight. spouting malicious accusation. When you have already reasoned, okay, now I want to stand, right? When you have already reasoned the word, and now it's time to choose it, like I showed you in the soul, the adversary comes to accuse you. The adversary is an accuser. Somebody trying to, okay, it's a false witness. You know the word. You haven't experienced the word in fullness yet. But now the accuser come to accuse you. How many people have been accused of doing something wrong in here? Come on, right? When you knew you were standing on something of God, when Rachel had to choose that relationship, she had to stand on that make my yes, yes, make my no, no. Or anything other than that is of the evil one. Well, what what immediately come up against her? What what came upon her? Accusations from that boy. You know, telling her what she needed to do. What other people wanted to tell her. Oh, you can do that. Other girlfriends. Yeah, he's good looking. Still spend time with him. Do you know what I mean? Our ears start hearing other things. And then because they want to keep us from doing what the word of God is, what the will of God is, because the word of God is the will of God. Next one. So when you're being accused of something, this is awesome. That means there's some word that's really being rooted. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You have a point in time where you get to choose. That is the will and choice. That's why the adversary comes so hard. He comes so hard because you're still weak with that word. That word hasn't become the full, powerful um, 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 measure in which it has to work for you. It's, it's working in a smaller measure. And so you, it's easy to get off that word when he wakes up and says, draw closer to me, worship me, worship me. Hey, and you're starting out. How many times do we don't want to get up and worship? Right? Because the adversary is coming to, to talk to you out of communing with God because he knows that once you commune with God and your soul and your spirit truly connect on that word, there's no looking back and he has no time. He can't, so he, he can't mess with you anymore. So he has to send the accuser, the enemy to beat you up. And it's going to be through circumstances. It's going to be through trials. It's going to be through tribulations. And it's going to come like, you look back and you're like, that was really stupid. When you really start going through this, you start laughing at the accuser because why? The more you get strong, your spirit builds that momentum and gets to a fuller measure every time you cross over. Man, when you hit the accusations, that part happens fast, right? When that when that enemy start when that enemy starts when that enemy starts working and you start hearing it, you just start laughing. I remember the first time I got it and I laughed, and it was over a negotiation of a deal, and the accusations were coming, and I just was like, "Oh, this is good. That means something's good. A blessing's about to happen. Something's being birthed. Something's growing." That's what we get excited in the trial. We really are supposed to get excited in the trial. I'm excited about my foot. It seems like a trial because I can't stand up. I can't do the things I want to do. But I know, guess what? There is something happening and it's going to it's gonna be awesome. So I rejoice. You, I'm not worried about what people are saying to me. Oh, I had a lady come to my house this week. You must have really done something bad. 
Because if this happened to you, you know what I mean? And she kind of said to me, and you're so good, so what bad did you do? And I said, I didn't do anything bad. But that would be what? The accuser trying to hit my emotions because where am I right now? I am choosing the word. I already got my, I have my healing. I received my healing. But guess where I'm at? I'm in my emotions. I'm in the emotions of that where the enemy wants me to believe this metal's coming out of my leg. You know what I mean? He wants me to believe that I'm, that will never happen. The enemy wants to come and attack me in this, in this particular position. So it's beautiful. Next verse. Isn't that awesome? So we choose life. We choose the word. Luke 22, 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be your will. That is how you feel when it gets down to the worst moment, when everybody has beat you down, you actually feel like, do I really want to choose this word? When you are financially crushed and you have no money, but the Lord's trying to teach you to tithe, come on, right? When he's trying to teach you to do something, then you, I know, then you actually start saying to yourself, I can't afford that $50 tithing. So what, what's happening? You have to say, you have to say unto the Lord and you have to remind him. You have to say, father, you say to your father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but be your will be done. And what's his will? The word, the, his will's the word. So you know what happens? This is when everybody starts dialing up people. Hey, do you think they, they start getting people to piggyback on what they shouldn't be doing to try to make themselves feel better? How many people have done that? My friend Jamie, the lady Jamie, she calls it dialing in. She's always so funny about that. I'm trying to dial in on that word. <laughs> she texts me, I'm trying, to dial, I'm trying to dial in on that because she's in the position of having to choose it. Okay? So we do get to that point, but it gets easier, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It gets easier. So we don't be surprised in that moment of will and choice. Just say, God, let it be. Every time I say, God, let it be your will, I'm happy to do that. He does it. He does his will. And that will makes me happier than what I thought it would be. And so anytime I feel like there's something going on, I'm, I, that, I love that. I give it up to him. Give it up to him. And he will, he will, he will cause you to show you the truth. All right, next verse. In Chronicles twenty two sixteen says, In gold and silver, bronze and iron craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord will be with you. So we have to begin this work. It starts with the choice. You choose the blessing. You choose the curse. You choose the word. You choose your flesh. You're going to pick one or the other. One has life. One has death. But you know, the death is an everlasting death. The death is... You have to just come to death of your what? Self. Death, burial, boom. If you get past the will and choice and the emotions, what happens in the red? Resurrection. Resurrection. All right. Isn't that awesome? He promises us the Lord be with you. Now begin it. When you choose it, that is just the beginning. Now begin it and the Lord be with you. Isn't that awesome? So now when you know that you've chosen the word and the adversary beat you down, all you have to say, oh, you're with me. I love you. You are really with me. He hasn't revealed the fullness of it yet. That takes time because that's what a relationship does. In fact, I have this written in my Bible. It's awesome. Only time, only time is capable 
of understanding how valuable love is. Man, he works time in us. He works that strand of time. The enemy works in pressure. The enemy works in impatience. So he gets us in that. Is that all the verses for will and choice? Awesome. So that's the second step. And in that, in will and choice, that becomes a source of supply. The word now has become a supply, something in our bank that we get to spend, we get to be with, we get to have. It's going to produce something. We just haven't experienced it yet. All right. Our emotions is called, it's the river of Ezekiel, the fourth river. This is all in Genesis, just to let you know. And it says, this is the, pla- the place where we get the answers from God. Now, this is very important. A lot of people in here, they choose the word, right? And they stay right in that spot. They choose the word. They stay in the adversary. They stay in the trial. Now, I want everybody to really think about your life. But then there comes a time God wants to give you the instruction. He wants to give you the answer so you can move out of that spot and into the next spot. And the enemy plays very hard with you in this. So Hedekiel is the river of answers from God. That means he wants to tell you how to get out using his word. Okay. Luke 2.35. It's awesome. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I love that. Thoughts of many hearts. Our hearts, we have hearts desires. We have soulish desires and we have, there are spiritual desires that we have. Like, the best way to describe this is there are sometimes there are things that we want and we think we already know what they are. But they really aren't what we create them to be. But yet, that one seed of the desire is right. That one does it, That one seed is correct. But the truth of that desire will be revealed. And a sword, the sword is the word of God. The sword will pierce your own soul. When you hear that word, and you're already creating whatever you want to create, but you hear that word, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Man, you've got to make a what? A choice. And it's going to, it pierces what your soul thinks you just created it to be. So it's okay to have a heart's desire that's of God. But then when your soul has already created it, what it it is to be, and you hear that word and you've got to make that choice, it's going to what? Pierce your soul. I lived with a man unmarried for six years. I wasn't desperately in love with him. I thought it was awesome. He was my God. I did. Now, I wouldn't have said that back then. I say that now that I know and when I had, and when it had to be given up, It pierced my what? Soul. It pierced me because I thought I was going to be with that person forever. But the seed of wanting to be with a person was right. But then when I created the relationship that was wrong, and you knew it was wrong, why? Because I didn't want anybody to know we weren't married, right? I was living a lie. I was living a secret. Everybody assumed we were married, but we weren't. So I just didn't say anything. <laughs> and I let it be what it was. And when God moved me into the truth of that relationship, it pierced my soul. And I cried like a baby. I cried in private. I cried. I had to deal with this because I thought this is the dream guy. Because in my world, he, 
he fit the bill of the dream guy. But as a, he wasn't the guy it, where there was never lasting life on it. So when it wasn't him, what happens to my soul? It got crushed. It was pierced in, the, in understanding the truth. And the only way I, my soul got pierced, because when I came into this office next door and I saw these charts for the first time and I still went to church every Sunday, and then I, I remember feeling the soil being tilled in my soul. <laughs> you know, I even, this is, how, this is how much I convinced myself. The thoughts of many hearts, right? Things will be revealed. I went to church every Sunday. I even met with my father at the, my father in the Episcopal church, Father Hubbard. I met with him and I wanted his blessing to live with this man unmarried. Why? Because I already knew the what? Truth. I already knew the answer. But he said, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that was fine. He was happy. In fact, after, huh? Just keep right. I paid my tithe. I sat going through it. In fact, he came to me. I love this. Two months before I came in this ministry, he came to me. He goes, look, you are definitely going to do something in ministry. I want you to be a lay minister. Hands me this booklet, this vic. And it asked me to be a lay minister. I go in and I'm like, oh, he wants me to be a lay minister. I was so complimented. I'm living with a man on marriage. I am certainly not living in the world. Praise God. Lord, see, Lord loves us when we're, he loves us because I'd never go back to that. Why? Because now I know the truth and I'm living the truth. And I love anybody who's gone through that because it's okay. God loves us because when it's the right time, he moves us into the truth. But I wouldn't have been, I would have been a lay minister does communion. I wasn't even reading the Bible. I mean, <laughs> when I learned that communing with God was reading the word, communing with God is worshiping him. Boy, no wonder I couldn't get a grip of that big manual. You know what I mean? I didn't know who God was. <laughs> Rachel would sit there and laugh at me. Mom, why are you writing a check to this church? There is nothing here. She actually said that at a very, she looked at me. There is nothing here. I looked at her. I said, you just come to church and be a good girl, get, get confirmed, right? And I had her confirmed, you know, with all the Pharisees. We call them the Pharisees in the picture now, you know. So look at that. So there are many thoughts of our heart. There are many thoughts within our heart, our mind heart, what we've created. We create things and we take it. And when we actually start manifesting it in our life, but God, if you are whatever you're called and chosen to do, man, he stopped that in its tracks when it was time for him to say, okay, Leah, I need now you to be where you're supposed to be, which was with Kingdom Life Ministries. He shifted my life and manifested and made sure that I met everybody I was needed to met to get me into this door. And so praise God, but the sword, the word of the truth pierced my soul. Because even when I first started coming here, I was trying to convince Gene. This is my husband. And he said, really? <laughs> I even had a framed picture on our anniversary. I brought it in here. Gene's looking at it. Mm, yeah. I'm like thinking, this guy doesn't think that this, I'm going to marry this guy, right? And he was right. But I wasn't stepping in this door. I was afraid to come over on this side on a Saturday night. I was safe on my Sunday ministry at the Episcopal Church. Because why? I wasn't going to, nobody was going to tell me that I was wrong. But nobody in here had to tell me I was wrong. The word pierced my soul. And it says the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division between our soul and our spirit. 
so that it can grow, so it can be parted to come back as one. Isn't that beautiful? And then the manifestations come. I love the experience I went through. Next verse. This is awesome. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I'm telling you, when you are walking this out, you feel like you're being stoned. I felt like I was being stoned. Man, Gene had a word. Yep, his eyes burn, right? I Every time the word would come forth from his mouth, it was like I was being stoned. Like I couldn't... I couldn't take it anymore. I was still paying his car, and I'm writing out the check, and Gene's standing above me. Why does that say, David, what are you writing a check for? Like, I didn't ask him to come around my, <laughs> my desk and look down, right? And I was like, because he can't afford to pay his car, so I'm paying it. And he said, a man pays the bills. A woman doesn't support a man. What did I feel? Stoning. <laughs> okay. Right? Because we start doing stupid things, not understanding so we've got to go, it's okay to be stoned. Come on, right, Zinni? Zinni felt the stoning? Anybody who's walked in this door and has experienced what this ministry has to do to get us to be a glorious son of daughter of God, man, enjoy the stoning. <laughs> it feels good because you've learned that the stone can't hurt you because even David found strength in the Lord his God. It's about relationship getting that strength aligned in the Lord your God. It's not trusting people. I wasn't to trust Gene. Gene was just the piercing stone. Gene was the sword. He was the man used to get that word to pierce my soul. But the beauty of it is it made me run to who? The Lord. I go home and cry. You know, I come in the next day. Gene say, how are you doing? Fine. <laughs> and we've all gone through it in here. Really, if you've been in this ministry, raise your hand if you've gone through this. You know it because it's so awesome. When we don't receive it, ooh, be careful because there is good guidance in this house. When we're not as mature, we're on this chart, but praise God, the word says, I will surround you with a cloud of witnesses. What is witnesses who've already witnessed ahead of you, who've already experienced that stoning, who already experienced that piercing. They're right there to cry with you in it. When you have to let it go. We talked about soul ties last week. What are soul ties? Soul ties are strongholds. Something that you believe in your mind. A thought that you have created in your mind. That is not subject, subjugated to the word of God. So we hold on to the lie instead of the word. When he says even David found strength in the Lord his God. In the Lord his God. So praise God. Next verse. Awesome. Isn't this good? Okay. Judges 10.16 says, Then they got rid of the foreign gods among them and served the Lord, and he could bear Israel's misery no longer. So they, when we get rid of the foreign god, the lie, the thing that's not subjugated by the word, and I'm going to tell you the one thing, if you don't know that you have a god, I'm going to tell you, ask God, God, reveal to me what I'm holding on to that I shouldn't be? He will. Will you listen? That's the second step. Will you truly hear what he's trying to tell you? So he says, we get rid of the foreign gods among them, and then we serve the Lord. Boom. 
transition. Next verse. You are doing great, Sharice. This is truly the first time we've taught this vision out, so I appreciate the patience of it. Job 19.2 says, How, Carrie's favorite words, How long will you torment me and crush me with words? <laughs> Man, isn't this awesome? Come on. We experience this. As Car oh, Carrie was going through it, and he would come into my office. Oh, my God, Lee, how much longer? How much longer? How much longer? Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's true because I, I went through that too. We do hit a point where we're like, how much longer? You feel like the Lord is tormenting you. Do you know what I mean? Wendy would text me. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get this, but how much, how much more, how many more days until like I just transfer, you know? She just wanted it done immediately. It's a work. You know how much work we get ourselves into that place? It takes work to get out of that place. I am a free woman. I am a free woman. And I can only say that from six years of this movement, of being in this movement. And it really, it's almost six years, but it's about five and a half years that I have been in this movement. And it took that many years for me to get to the level where I'm at now, where I truly can love another as Christ has loved me. There's no denying it. And you know what? I watch it as people go through this and I love them when they're going through it, but I also back away because you've got to let God do the work. You have to let them hold on to God, not you. Because then you're not helping them be a glory son and daughter. The rivers must flow. And the beautiful things, he gives you the answers. Next verse. <laughs> this is awesome. Praise God. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. Now the shift is on. You are now moving in. It doesn't make a difference. How you're feeling, Kathy, or anything, you are rejoicing in the Lord. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me with a robe of his righteousness. I love that. I got a robe. Of, as I started shifting and staying in that alignment with the Lord, it didn't make a difference. I live with a man unmarried. I am forgiven. I'm not going back to that. But guess what? He's, I'm still worthy enough if I yield to this to wear a robe of righteousness. And arrayed me with a robe of righteousness. And a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest. And as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I love that. That means something of my walk. Every time I allow myself to go through this, I gain another jewel in the spirit. I gain another piece of something that he adorns on me in that. And you know, this is beautiful. There's so much word. What is there? How many promises are in here? A lot. Okay. That's a lot of jewelry. You know what I mean? That's a lot of jewels that we can be adorned with and wear. So it's all, next verse. In God, whose word I praise in God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? When you are in the emotions and trying to hear God, you have to decide. I'm not listening to what everybody else is going to say to me because that's what the tempter comes in. The tempter comes in as a light to try to convince you, hey, Eddie, you don't need to do this. Hey, Stephanie, you don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? And they come in like a person you might respect. Do you know what I mean? Because we have we 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 put we put value on people. So somebody could come in my office that I have valued, and they might say, "Lee, why are you going to that church? Why are you why are you why are you doing that? Why are you giving this up?" Trust me, you have to really shut those people out, but still love them at the same time. And shutting them out doesn't mean shutting them out. 
It just means not receiving what they're saying. You can look at somebody and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can be as loving and still have a relationship with that person. But listen, when our regenerated spirit is lifting up and it's hitting that emotion, our discernment ring has to be on. We have to know what people are saying to us at that moment. All right. So what can mere mortals do to me? If you've got it, if God is on your side, then what? Who can be against you? Nobody can be against you. If you stick to that word, nobody's against you. This is between you and him. Next verse. Psalms 42.5 says, why my soul are you downcast? Because, you know, we get our soul gets a little sick as we're doing this. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I love that. Put your hope in God. There's a verse that said, when you hope in him, there is what? No disappointment. Your soul, your soul may feel downcast, but your spirit is being lifted. The spirit of truth, the spirit within you, the spirit, it says Eden, spirit of God, that starts bubbling up. But your soul, I love it. There's a downcast. It submits to it. Next verse. Oh, stop. I'm sorry. Go back to that. Stop. It says, put your, it gives instruction here. One, this is an answer from God. It tells you what to do. One, put your hope in God. Two, praise him. Praise him. And let him know that he is my savior and my God. You announce out that he is your savior and your God. You've got to do these things. You have to, when you are, when you are going through the emotions and trying to hear the voice of the Lord, you are going to experience times where your hope is down. You don't want to praise him. You're finding it hard to praise him. And you, you're not feeling like he's your savior. But when you hit that moment, when you hit that moment, you start pleading the blood of Jesus in his name, speaking that word. You call it out even when you don't feel it. I remember the first time when Rachel experienced a spirit kind of jumped on her and it was a very, it was terrible. She's in the car <gasps> flipping out and doesn't know what's happening to her. I was like, we were driving. I was just like, I, I didn't know what to say to her, right? Because I'm still growing up and understanding that our personalities are affected by outside influences, whether good or negative. So I just started pleading the blood of Jesus. Remember that? I was like, in the name of Jesus, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. I am not receiving that. I, you know, and the more I said it, Rachel goes, I feel better. <laughs> she sat in the car, right? How long was it till you felt better? It wasn't, it wasn't that long. But I had to war with that negative thought. I had to what? Praise his name. I had to hope in what he was doing and know that that wasn't her. Does everybody understand that? Sometimes we do and say things that is not us. It's something that we don't even know why we do it, but we do it and say it. But the moment we realize that's not me, just start praising his name. He tells us, keep your hope in him. Praise his name. Confess that he is your savior and your God. You will feel the lift of that enemy coming off of you. Next verse, please. Thank you for going back. Psalms 116.7 says, return to your rest. So what does that say? In the emotions... When we're trying to hear God, the tempter comes to try to get us out of the rest. For the soul has been good to you. Return to your rest, my soul. That means your soul. That means go back into the rest of that word. For the Lord has been good to you. He has already done something for you by the time you've gotten there. 
Kathy, even in her testimony, she was telling us how God has been good to her. She was doing this up in her testimony. God has been good to her. She knows he's been good. She talked about other testimonies. She built it up. So now in this trial, in this experience, she just has to remember, stay in your rest. Stay rejoicing him because the Lord has been good to you. You remind yourself of that. He has been good to you. Next verse. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. That's where we get we get to a point where we want we want this word to consume us. We don't want to hear the outside. We don't we get into that little isolation with him for that time of period to get through and stay in your rest so you don't get tempted out of it. Next verse. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. So we have to keep what? Speaking out our prayers. When my life was ebbing away, when we, when we were suffering, but when he, we chose the word, now we're in the emotions. We have to remind ourselves that, hey, I called on you. I am calling out to your name. And it lifts, it lifts it up to your holy temple. Next verse. Awesome. So now when we get into our rest, that is the time the Lord is going to speak to us and give us instruction. I know that when the Lord told me I would be debt free in one year, I remembered when I was in my rest. And then I remember when I started hearing my instruction and I remembered being rebellious to every instruction as it went along because I didn't understand it and it doesn't make sense. Here, the one house I owned that I had three hundred dollars to $400,000, my own saved money in that house. And the Lord tells me to give it away for the payoff. And he says he's going to get me out of debt in a year, but yet he took my whole reserve. Do you get what I'm saying? I thought, hey, sell the house for an extra hundred grand, still be completely out of debt. And, uh, but no, that's not what the Lord told me to do. Sometimes he gives us an instruction that doesn't make sense. But you have to stand and know that he's leading you into a way so that you can receive a promise. The promise for me was to be debt free in one year. And I'm going to tell you, he kept his promise and people watched it. People around me watched the craziness. I, I would start laughing. I would start laughing when the adversary hit. I started laughing because I, and I had moments of crying where my soul suffered when I wasn't understanding some of the movement. But he does that to mature us so we can understand this process. So it's beautiful. He wants to give us the answers, but he can only give it to us if we stay in the rest, if we stay in that time with him. So now the last section. It's called our affections, the Euphrates. This is the angels that restrain evil. When we are in this mode to receive our promise, and so, and everybody in here, is in a mode to receive a promise. Everybody in here has a promise right in front of them. When you are at that, you've got to, there's a time of action that hits and he's going to tell you to move on something. And when you move on it, watch, he restrains all the evil from attacking you while that is happening. First verse, Samuel 18.1. And this is when he knows you love him. Because you do not move, but yet everything is crazy still around you. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And he loved him as himself. 
when you hit the affections of God and you have stood on that word, you have got through the emotions, the fears, and you got the answers from God, and now it's time to move, you now have become one with that word. And that you and that word are not going to break. When I learned about worship, and he said, worship every morning, worship every morning, and I had to go through the flesh. But then there became a moment that worship became one. And that worship was every day. Ah, the love that I had to get up and follow, because he said, draw closer to me, I'm going to draw closer to you. That manifested. That word became one. And he loved him as himself. Guess what? Jesus had to love me as my what? Him. Jesus will look at you and he cannot, Gene said it earlier, he cannot turn himself away. So when that word becomes one with you and it's time for it to move in action of love, when he's going to make it perform what it's performed, when he's going to make that word perform what it's called out to do, well then he's got to do it to himself. Because it's a measure of you that became him growing glory to glory to glory. You increase in another measure of him. Isn't this awesome? So he can't deny. There may be something else in your life that's not right. Well, that's not what he was, that's not what he's working with you on. This becomes in stages. That's why we are not to judge anybody's position or situation where they're at. Because God is working something out in that other person. God is working something out of you. Okay, I know now not to live unmarried. I know not to do that anymore. He worked it out of me. And he made everything move on that once I came into agreement. And he was loving me as himself when he cleared all that relationship. He moved that relationship out. And he did it in love. I didn't have to do anything. He moved the relationship. All I did was cast it up to him, worship him. He caused my life to get in alignment with him. And now he could bring a promise to me. Do you see how this works? But why would I condemn another person that did that? I wouldn't. God hasn't yet worked with that person in that arena. He has to work with us all in different times and different seasons and different places at different moments. That's why we love everybody. There's Because nobody's, nobody's completely whole in here yet. We are all still working out this salvation. And we are blessed to have people ahead of us. We are blessed to have people behind us. We have blessed to have everybody on this chart. Isn't this great? So when the word becomes one, now you become that character. You've become that part that is just like the Lord. And now he can't deny himself that truth of that word. And it becomes love. What is love? Love is giving and receiving. Love is truly being able to receive from God when that promise comes. And knowing that he's giving it to himself. Because he's so proud of you. Because something of you became part of him. Isn't that like a son? You have to think about it when a father has a son in the real world. And then that son grows up and he starts walking like his dad, starts talking like his dad, start does things like his dad. Now, isn't that awesome? The son is becoming like the father. That's what he wants us to do with every morsel of word in this. In this. Every morsel. I said in the beginning, to inherit the kingdom is to inherit the promise. At our rebirth, we receive the kingdom, so it's there. Now we have to have it start working its way into the soul. All right, next verse. Tell me, you whom I love. I love the love part. Where you gaze your flock, 
and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a vile woman beside the flocks of your friends? So tell me, you whom I love. That means talk to me. Next verse. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. So then you shift in. You just start glorifying him as you receive your promises because you can't help but not because only he could have brought the promise. You didn't bring the promise. He did it because you loved him because you said, I love you. You love me. The promise has come. Next verse. On that day, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites, well, that was quick on that, yeah, will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemy. That is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace. You know, it says that if we do not hold on to the plow, that we cannot enter the kingdom of God. It means we cannot go back to the past. We cannot go back to the past. Anyone who conquers the enemy will have to be will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind. The water is the word. It is the spirit of God. And so we become not lame. We don't become blind. When the love comes in, then that is why they said the blind and the lame will not enter this place. Our old is of the past. So the old lame Lee, the old blind Lee is of the past because I connected with the water shaft so that I could get through what I needed to do. Isn't that awesome? And he says, if you, when you are walking towards the kingdom of God, you need to hold on to that plow and not look back. You can't look back to your old self. Our old self was lame, right? Say, my old self was lame. My old self was blind. But now with the refreshing in the word and the watering of the word and the time and the process and the experience of everything, boom, that part doesn't enter the kingdom of God. It's gone. You enter the kingdom of God as light. You become a grow. Your light grows and you become a beam. Next verse. Is there any more? I think there's one more. Listen to the wail of the shepherds. Their rich pastures are destroyed. Listen to the roar of the lions. The lush thickets of the Jordan is ruined. You have conquered all. You have victory. Okay. When it says, listen to the wail of the shepherds, their rich pastures are destroyed. All the things that the enemy did to try to get you not into the kingdom of that word to receive that promise. It's all what gone. Cause once you cross over and you really now that's when the bumper cars, that means all the things can come to you. But peace is within you. Peace is now within you. It's not around you, but it's in you. That word becomes one with you and you become one with him. And the peace of the Lord now is within you when it comes into that situation of that word. Does everybody understand that? So when you're going through that circumstance again, you don't feel it the next time. When somebody gets mad and the accuser comes, you don't feel it. Let's end with this. The tree of life. Jeremiah 7. 17, 7, 8. Yeah. We are to become the tree of life. We are to become a tree that produces good fruit for the kingdom of God. Jeremiah, that's right. 17, 7, 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. 
They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. That's will and choice. You're choosing him. That sends out its roots by the stream. And it does not fear your emotions when heat comes. And leaves are always green. It has no worries. Boom, love and affections in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Isn't this awesome? If we trust in the word and we allow it to grow like a tree, it, you're going to hit where you're, you're going to bear fruit. And that fruit will never get lost. In the, in the, it will come in due season and you will not lose it out of season. And so can we have the full picture now, the full growth, the full growth of the picture? Let's see it from the beginning. So it's awesome. As the spirit communes with the word, with the intellect, and then as that word grows and you choose it and it becomes rooted and then it becomes tested through the temptations of the fears and the souls and the emotions and then you actually hit a point where that word becomes one with you now, at that moment, the f it was supposed to grow. It's supposed to grow. Right. At that moment, you now are flowing in the four rivers, the river of prosperity, the river of source of supply, answers from God, and angels restraining the evil as that word gets set out to do what it does. That is a beautiful son and daughter of God. That's how we live. That's how we walk. This is what we are to be. As we spend time and commune with him and the word, all this starts to happen and you bear awesome fruit. And you take dominion of the earth. That, that man standing on the earth, it says that we are to what? Be fruitful and we are to multiply. We are to take dominion. We are to reign with the word of God. That's how we reign. So praise the Lord. Um, this was the first time we ever used this, so did it go okay? That's awesome. Did it, did it go okay? Okay. Um, I appreciate everybody kind of, it's the first time we ever used it and we do want to use it going out. And so that was kind of, um, um, the first, you know, it was just the first time we presented it. So I appreciate you letting me teach it out tonight because it was my first time teaching with it. So, and it was a good place for, to kind of, to teach that out. Does anybody have any questions about it? Did everybody kind of get the main understanding of it? See, the whole do you have plan any questions? Is, you good? Do you get it? The whole plan is to be reconciled. We're reconciled to God here in our oh, spirit, right. right? We're reconciled to his word here, yep. right? We choose to be reconciled with the Father here, okay? We're communing with him through our emotions. We're learning yeah. the word. And when you learn the word, you're learning about the Father, right? okay? And then that first scripture that was up about Jonathan and David. Yes, becoming one. Okay, now, reconciled to man. Yeah. See, God's going to reconcile you to somebody before he can deliver the promise. Because it's got to come through man. Now you're reconciled to his plan yeah. for your life. Does that make sense? Reconciled to God. Reconciled to man. To man then and reconciled. To the plan. Right. Because we have to walk in love. Yeah. So to walk in love, you got to have somebody to love. Right? Yeah. You can't just love by yourself. 
Amen. The enemy tries to convince you of that. Enemy will try to convince you of that. You got to be reconciled to someone. God's going to put someone in your path to love, like Jonathan and David did. Their souls were knit together in love, and they had a purpose. And Jonathan's purpose was to protect David. That was his purpose. Now they can go forth with God's plan. God's always going to send you out in twos. Not just by yourself. There's too many Lone Rangers out there now getting beat up. He sent them out by twos. So this is a beautiful display of how God reconciles us back to his word, back to his a relationship with him, back to relationship with man. Because without man, you won't go anywhere. You got to be reconciled back to the people. Because the people is what God, they're going to, God's going to use the people to deliver what that promise is into your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why he says, love your enemy. Because yeah. he might be the one. God's saying, now reconcile to that guy right there. And I'll give you the plan of your life here on out. Amen. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really the Holy Spirit working through this gift of teaching, this office of teaching. For the first time, I thought it was excellent. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Thank you. And leave for her obedience. Actually, it was really tough to be honest with you. After I after I hurt my leg, I had been worshiping like crazy. And um, I've been getting this revelation, and I was working on a lesson. And then last night I went to, after Wendy left my house to finish it, and nothing came. And then this morning, nothing else came. And I actually, I, I felt like crying because I didn't know what God wanted me to do today. And so the one thing we've been talking about our meeting is to do these, is to do the, um, to start getting these animations working, getting these animations working. So we've been working on the animation. Christian, you've done it out. Kristen, had, she's job. done the job. Excellent. And, um, you know, just this, is, great back there, this is the first time because it's segments that you have to do. And I just knew, okay, we'll just do this. But I have to say, I didn't feel, I, I really felt like it was tough to come up tonight. Just because, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I felt like the enemy was definitely hitting me today on that. And so I just rested. I fell asleep in the conference room. I was supposed to fit, try to figure it out and finish it up. And then I just. Rested. On yeah, I just rested. And that is how God works. This so, is training ground. This is training. God's sending this ministry out to the churches to bring the church to another level of maturity. And these animations have to come with it. They have to be taught in excellence. So this is all training ground for all of us. Yeah. Amen. So while I was in worship, the Lord kept giving me these scriptures and putting Carl and Mamie on my mind constantly. And this is what he said. He said, Gene, read these scriptures. He said, by this, we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? It disappears. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. And by this, we know that we are of truth and shall, uh, and shall uh, assure our hearts before him. 
So what the Lord wants me to do, he said, hey, Gene, I want you to take up an offering for them tonight. I feel the anointing right now. Whoever sows into this couple right here, God's going to multiply you. I don't usually do this. First time I've ever done this. But I'm going to obey the Lord tonight. I think it's the first time I've ever done it in this ministry. Yeah, it is. Rosa, right. So, to keep it separated from the tithes and offerings, we're going to put it in one of those black boxes back there, probably the pastor's conference, so you can keep it separated. Okay. And you can do it anytime before you leave, but sow something into this family. Amen? Because when you do, when you, when you, if you heard it tonight and you obey it, the Lord will bless you. Doesn't matter the amount, just the obedience. And if it's checks, make it out to Carl Atkins. Amen. Okay. Amen. Here, they've come up and close us in prayer, and then we're going to have, we're going to sing, we've got three birthdays, right? Come up and close us in prayer. Yeah. Let's give the Lord a big hand and clap of praise. So. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Lord, we just thank you for this awesome word, this awesome teaching, and this wonderful teacher that you've blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, that we are getting an understanding of the process and that we are having the victory and you're showing us how to do it and you're supporting, girding us up with each other, with, with, the with those that love us, that surround us. I thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. You take care of us, Lord. And we just praise you, and we, we ask that you bless Mamie and Carl, and we just pray that your will be done in their life. And thank you, Lord, that you give us the privilege of being a part of anything that you want to do. And we praise your name, in Jesus' name, forever. Amen.